Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. Uh, I shared a little bit uh, Sunday about Beirut and I shared a little bit uh, about, you know, kind of what... uh, what happened over there and our, our, our great time that we had. And, and um, it was amazing to see all the, the people in the Middle East, the Muslims, getting saved. Now, I don't mean they just kind of, well, I'll try this. I mean, they're getting saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, on fire for God. And I've had a lot of people ask me, they, they think that, that Lebanon is a Muslim nation, and it's not. In fact, it's, it's probably 50-50 Christian and Muslim. They have a very unique culture over there. Uh, in fact, their constitution actually says that if you have a Muslim prime minister, then you have to have a Christian president or vice versa. And, and so there is a very, uh, an amazing, unique um, uh, situation over there. So it's really the only country in the Middle East that it literally is open to the gospel. You could preach the gospel. You could talk about Jesus and, 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 and literally be free to do that. Now, there are some areas of, of Beirut you wouldn't want to go in and do that, you know, because it's, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, Muslim communities. But the point is, it is amazing to see all of these uh, Muslims that are getting saved, all of these these Syrians that have been driven out of their nation into Lebanon with no, with nothing, but yet they're getting saved, and uh, and 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 they're some of them are being actually able to go uh, immigrate to other nations, and, and in fact, just uh, last year when we were over there, Paul was over there with me last year, Trokel, and and uh, most of the staff that was there last year are all gone. They're all in Canada now. And they're going to church. They're worshiping God. They're serving God. And these are people who came over those mountains as Muslims, but now they're Christians. You know, I, I, I'm not for war, and I, and I don't believe God's for war, but the amazing thing about it is those people would have never heard the name of Jesus if they hadn't been driven out. Now, you might want to go look in the Bible sometime and see how many times God has moved people, nations to other countries just for one reason, just for a message or just to eat or whatever it might be. Even Jesus left and went to Egypt. So uh, God knows how to touch people's hearts and touch people's lives. And, and, uh, there's one guy that came over the, that, that last year, he, he was already ministering in these camps that we, we shared about Sunday, but they, uh, the amazing thing about it is he, he's on fire for God now and he's preaching everywhere. He, he lost almost half of his, his foot, uh, to, uh, frostbite coming over the mountains with his family, but he, he's on fire. And so I've already told this, but I'm going to just back, back it up again. But so we are actually supporting um, three different families in, uh, in tents 
in the Baca Valley where all these people are. Where there's half a million people almost there. Just unbelievable. But these are all people that have gotten saved. And uh, when you talk about a tent, you're not talking about a pup tent or some little small thing. You're a, it's actually more like a, um, a one-room house made out of styrofoam backing that you put on your house and two-by-fours. And uh, basically, they don't have hardly anything in the house. It's all on, you're on the floor in cushions. Uh, they sleep on the floor and, and that type of thing. So we, we're supporting three of those houses. We, we were supporting one until I went down there. <laughs> and I realized, you know what, we can do more. It's only $1,000 a year for the rent. Well, they don't have $1,000. So we're able to help them. And, and, uh, and not only that, we're using it as a base to preach to other people. And that pretty, that's pretty cool. And we're not having to do it. They're doing it. They're doing it. So people are getting saved. So, uh, and I shared this Sunday, but uh, when we were there, we went into one of the one of the tents, one of the homes there. And there's this draw sewage running right outside the door. It's 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 not a, it's just not good. But but the thing that you need to uh, hear is this, because this this really touched me, probably impacted me more than anything on the trip. In fact, I know it did. But there were about fifteen. Muslim women and some children and they all gathered in there and we were sitting down and we were just talking to them, you know, and, and, um, somebody asked the question, what is it? What is the, the, the one thing that's different now that you know, Jesus, what's different now that you know, Jesus. And this is what one of the ladies said. She was kind of the spokesperson and she said, we learned how to love. We learned how to love. I'm telling you, that just, that just, it, it, it's like it went, wow. That is such the simplicity of the gospel. We learned how to love. And then it was funny because they started pointing to one another saying, I didn't like her. I didn't, you know, we hated each other. And they're looking at each other now laughing because they, they know how to love. Well, that got me stirred up about love. Amen. And if you were here Sunday, you know what I shared about God's love and and, um, and and the fact that God loves us. And if you you just flat, you can't get away from God's love. Can't get away from God's love. But the thing that you have to understand is that God's love, now, and, I, and I want you to hear this because it's very important. God's love is not complete because he loved us. It's not complete until we take that love and love one another. Let me read you a scripture over in 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse, beginning in verse 10. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atonement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to what? Love one another. Now listen to this. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. Now listen to this phrase. His love has been perfected in us. His love is not perfected in us until we love somebody else. 
it's not all about God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. It's God loves me so I now can love someone else. It is a circle of love. And it's not complete until you take what he has loved you and then you love someone else. And love to the natural man is not normal. You want to love people you like, you know, and back in the 60s, we loved the one we were with, and, you know, but, but the point is, just loving people regardless is not a natural act, it's a supernatural act, because what God did was supernatural, And because what God did for you is supernatural, that he loved you enough to give his son for you, then it is, it is not a suggestion. It is a requirement that we love one another, that that love be perfected. The word there perfected literally means to be, uh, uh, consummated. It's consummated. When you love someone else, because if it's just you, oh, God loves me, God loves me, I know, but what are you doing about your neighbor? What are you doing about that person that you're, you're angry with, that you hate, that you don't like? What are you doing about them? Because Jesus talked pretty strongly about this. He talked about forgiveness and love and the fact that, that God, if God has loved you greatly, then you are responsible to love others greatly. Well, I don't want to. Well, that's the problem. But I want to tell you, you're not going to live a fulfilled life if you don't walk in love. You're not going to be the Christian you need to be or probably what you even want to be until you make up your mind you're going to walk in love. Now, let me just tell you something. You're not going to ever be perfect in your love walk. You know why? Because you're wearing that stinking flesh body and you have to fight it off and determine that you're going to be a love person. And I have done some things that were so anti-love, it's unbelievable, but I fought, I had to fight it off. No, I'm going to walk in love. I, I'm a love person. I'm going to walk in love. And I'm going to do it uh, because God loved me. Because God loved me. The, the, it, it's interesting here in this, in this scripture, uh, it says we ought to love one another. And the word there actually means we owe it to love one another. It's, it's a lot stronger than, well, I ought to do that, but I don't know whether I am or not. No, you owe a debt. And you've got to make up your mind that you're going to walk in love. And, and, some, and people say, yeah, but you don't know what they did. Well, see, it has nothing to do with what somebody else did. It has something to do with what God did for you. Because let me just tell you this. If you want to take that tact with God, then maybe he ought to remind you of what you've done. But you know what? He doesn't. Isn't that good news? And we want that, don't we? We won't go, oh, God, I think you love me, you love me, you love me, you love me, you love me. Oh, God, you know I screwed up, but you love me. 
Yeah, but then somebody else comes in your life. What are you going to do? You're going to walk in love. And, and I can tell you, the, the, the Bible uh, is, is pretty clear about love. There are characteristics that identify love. And when you see these, you can recognize love. Okay? You can see it in someone else, but you can see it in yourself. And you have a right to judge yourself. As far as walking in love is concerned. Because you, you, you have to make up your mind you're going to be a love person. Now see, if you never heard anything about love, you'd say, well, I don't really have to love because I didn't know anything about it. Well, you do now. But the, the bottom line is that's not even true because the Bible tells us uh, that the Holy Spirit poured out God's love in our hearts. So when you, when, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, love just becomes who you are. It, it, should, it should be a part of your life, dominate your life. And, and if it's not, then I want to refresh you tonight. And we all have to hit that refresh button. How many of you know that? Because you get caught up in the world and living and listening to other people. And li- Listen, you can hate somebody you've never met because you watch something on TV. You don't even know the person. You're hating them. Amen. So the thing that you've got to be careful of is you have to understand the impact and the power of love. And so I want to I show you this um, uh, in, in Scripture tonight to help you see and understand what God's heart is for you in regard to love and loving one another and perfecting that love that he's put inside of you. Listen to what it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse 5, when I saw this scripture, I said, wow, no wonder I keep feeling compelled toward love. No wonder every time I get mad at somebody, there's something in me pushing me a different direction. Listen to this scripture, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and in the patience of of Christ. May the Lord direct you into love. Every time you face a challenge, I pray the Lord directs you into love. He'll always put you, take you in that direction. Well, the Lord told me just the opposite. Oh, no, he didn't. No, that wasn't the Lord. No, because it says that the Lord will direct your heart toward the love of God. I like the Amplified Bible. It says, may the Lord direct your hearts into realizing and showing the love of God. That's where the Lord wants to work in your life. He wants to direct you into the love of God. Now, you've got to be a real spiritual person to hear what I'm saying tonight. I'm not talking about somebody that likes all the fluff spiritual stuff. You go read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and you'll find out that none of that's worth anything without love. Okay? So every time you face a challenge in, in regard to someone, you can count on the fact that God is going to direct you toward love. He's going to move your heart toward love. 
He's going to direct your heart into realizing and showing the love of God. Every time. Another definition for this direct, when it says God will direct you in the love of God, means that he will direct the removal of hindrances for you to walk in the love of God. Because we all have hindrances. You know, we're raised different. We have, some people have anger issues. Some people have other issues in their life, you know. And, and if you're not careful, you'll find that those hindrances will start rising up. Okay. But if you will allow God to direct you in the love of God, he will direct you past those hindrances to where you can actually look at somebody that you thought you hated and smile and say, I love you anyway. I love you in spite of what you did. I love you, period. Well, they don't love me has nothing to do with that. God loves you. The circle is not complete because somebody loves you because you love them. The circle is complete because you love, God loved you and then you love someone else. Well, they don't receive my love. What's that got to do with it? How many billion people aren't receiving God's love? You think it stops him? You think it hinders him? You think it changes his heart toward any person? So the key is, here's the key. Listen, always allow the Lord to direct your heart in the love of God and to direct the removal of hindrances in your life from the love of God. Now, I'm going to say this because I've said it several times just so you get it, okay? If all you're doing is trying to make a judgment on somebody else walking in love, listen to me, you're not walking in love. Well, they're not walking in love. Hold it. Neither are you. Why? Because you just judge them. Thank you for your enthusiasm tonight. Glad you came. <laughs> you know, listen, I, I, I have to be hard on myself because I can, and, and I think everybody has that tendency, you can get out of love if you're not careful. You can get so focused and you don't realize, you know what, I, I didn't, I'm not walking in love. I'm not walking in love toward this person or this person. I've had the Lord deal with me about that with people many times. People who were annoying. People who you did not want to love because they were annoying and you knew if you loved them, it would just mean they'd be around more. (laughs) Don't look at me so holy. (laughs) Listen, God dealt with me about that years ago. Oh, my Lord, 25, 30 years ago, long time ago. I'll never forget. I think we just built this first sanctuary, and there was a guy coming to the church. He was just annoying. The, the way he would talk and never get to what he wanted to say, and and okay, and 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 uh, I, I'll never forget. I used to come down off the platform. Now, I know I'm telling on myself, but and you'll never, you would never tell on yourself, but but. 
if I, he always said, right about where David's sitting right there. In fact, they looked a lot alike, but no, I'm just kidding. That's not true. No, I'm not, I'm just kidding. But, but when I came down off the platform and I walked down off the platform, if I saw him even inch my way, I, I found somebody over here to go talk to because he, he was annoying. Now, let me just tell you, listen to me, just so you know, he never quit being annoying. Okay, so this is, if you're thinking this story is where you walked in love and he quit being annoying, no, he never quit being annoying. It was just the way he was, you know, and, and, I, know, and I know his mother loved him. But, but listen, I'm telling you, one night on a Wednesday night, God, I, I started to do that. And God, all of a sudden, I just, I knew it was like, it would just fell on me that, that he was directing me in love. I didn't understand it because I didn't see that scripture at the time that he was directing me in love toward that guy. And I made up my mind that I was going to listen to him. I was going to talk to him. I was going to make an effort to, to, to speak to him and to be a part of his life any way I could to love him. And I did. I did. It wasn't for his benefit. It was for my benefit. Because the Lord was directing me in love. And he's going to do the same for you after you've heard this. And you're, and you're not going to probably like it. Because you've got some justification about somebody. Why? You don't have to. But it won't hold water with the Lord. Amen. Amen. He will direct the removal of hindrances for you to walk in love toward anybody. Anybody. Okay. So what I want to do is I just going to, I'm going to go through this real quick and it's not going to take long, but. But I want, to, I want to talk to you because we always, when we talk about love, we always go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is right. And we read, you know, verse, you know the verses there, 4 through 7, about love. And, and, and that's good. And, we, and obviously, those are things that we need to do. Those are things you can read and say, I'm going to do that. Okay. But there's another side of this where you can see love in action. You can recognize love. Because I don't think sometimes people even recognize love in their own lives or in somebody else's life, okay? So let me just give you, it's seven identifying marks of love's response. In other words, this is how love responds, okay? When you're directed toward love, this is how you respond, okay? One of them is Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says, let love be without hypocrisy, You know, I don't mean this wrong, and, and I'm sure we've probably at some point all did, done this, but love has no hypocrisy. Love, love does not look at somebody and tell them you love them and walk away from them and be just the opposite. It doesn't do that. There is no hypocrisy in love. So if you've got hypocrisy in your love and you're just using that word to make somebody feel good, you know, I love you. Okay, do you? 
Because love has no, real love, God's love does not have hypocrisy in it in any way, shape, or form. The word there actually means under a false part or a pretender. There are a lot of people that use the love word, but they don't have the love action. Now, nobody in here, but somebody might be watching me uh, <clears throat> online tonight, okay? But, but it, it actually means, the word there, hypocrisy, means to speak under a false part or to pretend. Same word is used in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 6, uh, the same Greek word, and it says this, by sincere love. Same word, sincere love. You've got to make up your mind you're going to be a sincere person. The, the word there, and, and I found this in, an, in, a, in a, um, one of the Greek scholars when I was studying this, he said it actually means unaffected love. Unaffected love. That means that you can take something and still love and not be affected by it. Boy, is it quiet in here tonight. <laughs> Unaffected love. I got to tell you, that's not easy to do. When something's happened to you or somebody's spoken evil about you or something's happened and you want... You... I might tell you I love you, but I don't really mean it. But... It's talking here about unaffected love. Unaffected love. You, you've got to put yourself in a position, make up your mind, you're going to put yourself in a position where you're going to walk in unaffected love, sincere love. Well, but I just can't love them right now. Well, it's a good thing God didn't say that about you. You can love now. Now, let me mention something here because th sometimes people get confused by this, especially people who have been married and maybe they're separated or divorced or most of the time it's people who are separated because of unfaithfulness. And they hear what I'm saying. They say, well, I have to love them anyway. You have to love them, but that doesn't mean you have to trust them. Right. Trust is earned. Yeah. Love is automatic. Yeah. You understand the difference? You can love somebody, you can forgive them, but you don't put your hand back in the mouth of the dog until you know that dog's not going to bite. And that means there's got to be trust. See, there's a big difference. But love is automatic. Okay, it's sincere. It's not, no hypocrisy, none. It's unaffected Love. Okay. Everybody got it? All right. Here's something else that you can identify love with. First Corinthians chapter eight. Listen to what Paul said. He was writing to the church at Corinth about an offering about, but, but, but let me, let me just read this. It says concerning things offered to idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. Love edifies. Love edifies. You know, just because you know something doesn't mean you're walking in love. You can know the Bible and not walk in love. 
In fact, the Bible says knowledge will puff you up. It will make you proud. But listen to me. Love, here's how you can recognize love. It always builds up, edifies. Do we do it perfectly? Sure, we do it perfect every time, right? No, we don't. But the point is, that's where, we gotta, that's where we've got to go in our lives. That's where we have to focus. All right, let me give you another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. Listen to what Paul said. He's talking about a person. He said, therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. This was a person that had been ostracized from the church. Reaffirm your love for them. Ratify your love for them. You know, some people think, well, I'm a Christian. They know I love them. Let me tell you something. We ought to be reaffirming our love. Just like I tell Becky every, every night, and probably once in a while she'll get mad at me and won't tell me this, but <laughs> we tell each other, we love, we love, I love you. Well, we've been married 50 years. She knows I love her. But we still say it. We still say it. When you're a Christian, that ought to be something you reaffirm all the time. Don't let it be something that lapses in your life. In this case, let me show you this. In this case, the confirmation was forgiveness. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. Just back up one verse. Listen to what he said. So that on the contrary, you ought rather to convert, to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. In other words, Paul was saying, listen, this guy has screwed up royally. You have every right not to love him, but you have to love him. And I want you to reaffirm your love to him. I want you to look him in the eye, even though he has done something wrong, and I want you to say out of your mouth, I forgive you. That's reaffirming love. Becky taught this to our kids, and we've we've done this for years, that if we get in an argument or something, we say we're sorry, I'm sorry. The other one doesn't say, well, that's okay. No, you know what we say? I forgive you. What are you doing? You're reaffirming love. You're reaffirming love. And you've got to do that in your life. You've got to do it toward your mate. You've got to do it toward your children. You've got to do it to those that you're in communion with and fellowship with. It's important that you do that. Why? Because that's who you are. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let me me jump into another one here real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8. Paul's talking about the offering. I'm sorry, I got turned around there. But listen to what he said. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Love proves its sincerity. Well, they're just going to have to take my word for it. No, that's not what love does. Love proves its sincerity. I think I'm stirring some people up tonight. Some of you are going to have some repenting to do and, and not in a sexual way, some love making to do. You're going to have to be talking, okay? 
Because love is not a word. Love is, is, is proven. It's a, there is an action token to love when you, when you make up your mind to do it. Listen to verse 24. Listen to what else he said. Therefore, show to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. In other words, in this situation, they've been talking about giving. They were going to do something. They were going to give. They were going to give. So Paul said, all right, if you really love me and you're going to do this, prove it. Because to be honest with you, the body of Christ has got a lot of talk. But when you get down to proving it, it's something else. Now, let me just tell you, just because you prove it doesn't mean that's going to make somebody happy. All it's going to mean is you did what you were supposed to do. Well, they're going to take advantage of me. Yep. Write it down. If you walk in love, people will take advantage of you. That's part of walking in love. It's just going to happen. I know y'all are thrilled tonight, but at least you're not stuffing eggs. What was that? I thought I heard somebody say, well, I wish I was. Just <laughs> Let me give you another one. Philemon 7. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you. Do you know that if you will be a love person and you'll walk in love, that it will bring refreshing and joy and comfort to other people? It, it's a breath of fresh air. For, listen, especially for people who aren't Christians, for somebody to walk in love toward them, it's like monumental. I've done it, I don't know, all over my, I don't know how many times over my life, many, many times. And, and you don't always get the, the right response, but a lot of times it's like, wow, why did you do that? You didn't have to do that. It brings a refreshing wind into their lives. Paul said it can also bring comfort to them. It can bring joy to them in their lives. All you have to do is be willing to walk in love. It brings refreshing. If people are gagging, something's wrong. When they, if they're around you and they're, because <laughs> it ought to be refreshing, joy in your life. Let me give you another one. Hebrews chapter six, verse ten. For God is not unjust to forget your work. Everybody say work. work. And labor of love. love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you minister to the saints and do minister. Let me make this statement to you. Love works. <laughs> there is labor 
involved with love. If you're not willing to work, if you're not willing to labor in love and and do something out of love that takes time, takes effort in your life, takes money out of your life, takes whatever out of your life, you're not going to really see much progress in love. Love works. There's a labor in love. And you can sit and look at other people and they're not doing nothing. I can't believe it. They're not doing nothing. I know, but you are. You are. We talk about missions all the time and and, and my philosophy since day one of our, our church has been, we're going to act like we're the only ones doing anything. And we're going to keep ourselves on the front line doing something. Why? Because we love the world like God loved the world. And it takes labor. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice to do that. But the good news is, I don't know whether you notice this or not, But it says God won't forget. God won't forget your labor of love. You don't have to worry about somebody. Well, I tell you what, I've been laboring over there in the nursery, and I don't know, nobody's even said thank you. Yeah, well, God, he'll he'll thank you. My grandmother, who went home to be with the Lord when she was 94 years old, I forgot, I think it was 50 years she worked in the nursery at Summer Grove Baptist Church. But when she stepped over into glory, she got her thank you for that labor of love. She didn't get paid for it. Even when she quit driving, somebody come pick her up and she'd go work in that nursery. A labor of love. So anytime you're looking for people to be the ones that pat you on the back, that's your reward. Jesus said that, not me. Okay? All right, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Listen to this. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Now, It doesn't say hide a multitude of sins. But it will cover a multitude. I don't have time to get into this tonight, but do you understand that, that if you will cover and forgive sin, it can't be held against that person? Yeah, I know they sin but we're going to pray for them. We're going to love them. We're going to bless them. We're not going to go put a poster up on the wall and say, beware of this person. We're going to cover them. Now, see, I know you're looking at me and you're saying, well, how can you preach this? You're not perfect. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm preaching to me as much as I am you. Amen. But bottom line, what are you going to do? You're going to cover Listen to what it says in Proverbs 10, 12. This is where this scripture comes from. Hatred stirs up strife. Love covers sin. Love covers sin. 
Love will always keep you on the right track. In fact, the Bible says, let me just read you this real quick. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 10, listen to this. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. The Amplified Bible, listen to this. Whoever loves his brother believes, abides, lives in the light, and in it or in him there is no occasion for stumbling or cause for error or sin. When you walk in love. When you walk in love. You complete that circle, that circle of love. It's perfected through you when you love other people. So, you can just kind of look at your life and say, okay, I can check this box off. Nah, not so much there. Work on it. Make up your mind you're going to be a person of love. You, you've got it in you. It's inside of you. The Holy Spirit has, 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 has been poured in you and the love of God's in there. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love. Of love. So you've got it in you. All you've got to do is act on it and move in that area in your life. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.